Hello and welcome to the CEDA Symposium. On this, our very first podcast for the symposium, I'm joined by Robert Teague, headmaster of the CEDA School Croydon, and Will Ash, the head of classics. So uh, we're going to start, Robert, by just talking about the word itself, symposium. Uh, this, this was your idea for the, the title. Why did you think uh, CEDA Symposium was going to fit what we were trying to achieve through this series? Because we wanted to capture the idea of a convivial discussion between two parties, um, a, a proper conversation where people listen and people try and understand the other point of view. And I think that, I'm sure we'll talk more about this in a moment, but I think that there's a, um, a danger that we're losing the art of conversation, both in our homes and also in the wider society, uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, but you can see it in social media, um, we, we get the mocking meme and, and the um, aggressive tweet, um, but there seems to be um, there seems to be very few opportunities for genuine conversation um, where we try and understand the other's point of view. Okay, that's great. Um, and the word symposium itself is is a is a classical word. It's a Greek word. So Indeed. we've we've got our classical expert here with us. <laughs> so, Indeed, it's a Greek word. Um, well, yes. what's the what's the context? Um, well, this is coming from the the word symposium comes from uh, the Greek word "sumpine" is to drink together. Um, Sounds good. So it is indeed. Yes, the, the modern usage, as we've perhaps just just discussed, um, tends to mean more often than not an academic um, conference or meeting. Um, uh, science very often embraces it, um, though the drinking of alcohol there. Um, is not uh, clearly a feature of these, although the tea urn is probably well on the go beforehand <laughs> and in the middle and after. Um, the setting for a, a symposium, this is a, a drinking party after um, a dinner was held and was held in the Andron, uh, which was the men's quarters of a house. So it was an all-male affair and the men would recline on, on uh, uh, couches um, we've no examples of Athenian houses left, so we so um, I would imagine that you probably got crammed into a fairly small dining room or andron about three couches, each containing two or three occupants, and uh, they are then uh, extending the evening with um, um, entertainment. Where's the discussion coming in? Where does the, the conversation fit into all of this? Indeed, this really has come from, because I would imagine most symposia, um, the conversation was rather um, perhaps sort of uh, jokey, um, bawdy, uh, perhaps running down the local politicians of the day or the latest Greek comedy. Um, but uh, for uh, many people, if they've, if they've had a look at um, classical literature, they will know of Plato's Symposium, which was certainly a more orderly affair, where uh, a number of those um, of the guests, those who were invited, um, are invited by their host to, to give a, a speech, to give a, um, a, a discussion. And in Plato's Symposium, it is, of course, on love. Okay. And each... Um, each uh, uh, person, as I say, uh, the Aristophanes, the, the comic poet is there, um, Agathon, the tragic poet, um, Socrates himself, um, are each asked to give their um, 
their thoughts, their words, and how they describe um, love. So what we've got is a, a pretty high-level philosophical discussion, but it's taking place not in a, a university setting, a college setting, an educational setting, but in a home, um, albeit in a, a fairly well-established tradition. Um, and it, it, the idea is that you are trying to reach the truth, in this case about love, through conversation, through That's the right. back and forth. That's right. Um, unlike uh, the, the Greeks were, were competitive in most things, uh, not just in sport, but uh, in debate. Um, but this is not, really not like a debate in that um, each person is given the time to, um, to have his say and be appreciated uh, for what they say, um, rather being, uh, than anybody jumping in on them. And which we might imagine would be the case in the more ordinary uh, symposia where there's perhaps a lot of give and take and banter which would be due to the, when, the, when the wine is, is flowing. Okay, brilliant. So, Robert, do you want to come in? Yeah, I mean, picking up on that idea of um, conversation as, as taking place outside of the university, in you know, homes and schools, um, how do you think the art of conversation can be developed in homes and schools? Well, it's really interesting, isn't it, that... Um, Will mentions the importance of time and uh, we all feel uh, that we have a lack of time. Uh, modern life feels very, very busy, um, both in the home and in, and in school. So one of the, I suppose, one of the things we are trying to establish here in the Cedars and uh, that we're trying to establish in our own homes as well is that ability to give people the time they need to be able to think ideas through uh, and to tease them out. Um, and that's that's very important, um, and it's, there's, a, there's an important idea that time is needed for any great ideas to, to mature. Okay, we don't come to great insights uh, immediately, not, not, not most of us anyway. So uh, what we need is a little more conversation. We so, say, oh, this was wrong. <laughs> that's right, yes. So a little more conversation, and yet the, the danger is that perhaps conversation is less and less happening in schools and in homes. Um, one of the issues is technology, of course. Um, as society becomes more atomised, more fragmented, um, as people get hooked onto their devices, they tend to live in their own little world. So there's a, there's a great book by Sherry Turkle um, called Alone Together. Um, and she talks about the way that modern technology um, tends to make us lonely, even when we're in the same room as, as other people. And conversation is about... Um, allowing people to talk to each other, to listen to each other. I suppose that listening is hugely important as well as, as the talking. Great. And how does this tie in with plans for the Cedars Symposium? Well, uh, what we're trying to do, I suppose, is two things. Uh, on one level, we're trying to encourage our students to uh, regain the art of, of conversation. So Sherry Turkle, as I mentioned before, has written another book called um, Reclaiming Conversation. Um, uh, and she sees it as a lost art, and it's a really important art that we need to work on. Um, so there are lots of different ways of doing that in the home, and that's one thing that we're very keen on doing. As a school, we're very keen to work with parents, um, not to tell parents what to do, but to help them as the first educators to their children. So sometimes it's just very simple techniques. So um, it's sometimes said that if you want to have a conversation with your children, especially when your children perhaps get to a certain age and they're less keen on that um, 
you need to be a little bit more creative. So rather than trying to force a conversation at the dinner table, although it's quite good to have conversations around the dinner table, uh, sometimes the best conversations are when you are doing something together, mm. um, facing the same direction, if you like. So um, people often talk about having great conversations, even in the car, uh, where you're not actually looking at each other in the face, but you're, you're driving to the same place. Or people have a, uh, parents have great conversations with their children while walking the dog. Uh, it could be as simple as that. And then on the... Uh, should I, sorry, no, I just say, I think that's especially true with boys. Right. <laughs> I think it's important that yeah. uh, you're mentioning dinner, just coming back to the Greek thing, that you are relaxed. Um, and often after your meal, you're satisfied. And conversation can then often flow more readily. But as you say, I think um, the youth of today are too ready to, uh, to get up and leave the table. Uh, and not stay on and and discuss perhaps what they've done in the day, uh, what they're going to do tomorrow, how they feel about such issues um, like Brexit, good old Brexit for example, um, and, uh, and they're keen to why they just um, face their work again, which makes them a little sad, um, and uh, are not engaged with with their uh, with their with their, their their fellow siblings and, and their parents. Yes, yes, absolutely. And there is there's certainly a, a, a truth that, that when we're under extreme pressure, we don't necessarily work um, well. And, and conversation like good work requires a, a calm mind. But there's, a, there's, a, there's a wider issue, I suppose. What we're trying to do with the Cedars Symposium is we are uh, trying to enter into a, a great conversation, uh, a conversation with uh, the great books that have been written throughout the years, for example. It's a conversation about... Um, lots of different ideas which are interesting in their own right um, whether or not they appear on the, the GCSE or the A-level syllabus. Um, so the plan for the symposium is to have podcasts where we are talking to different teachers and others about topics of interest, uh, to have uh, book reviews um, so we can uh, carry on the conversation that way and then to have articles as well written by, by teachers and other friends of the school um, about sometimes just about their own enthusiasms, their own areas of academic interest, um, just to fire that enthusiasm in our students to help them develop ideas, um, in a sense to model good conversation as well, um, to see what it can be like, and then to make this accessible um, to, a, to a wider audience. First and foremost, to our, to our own families, our own parents, uh, the parents of the, the boys here, but then um, anybody else who's interested. Anybody else who wants to uh, join in, listen to our podcasts. Great. So this is a conversation which brings the whole school community in, in, into discussion with the great minds of the past. That's it. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, you'd mentioned social media. Uh, a number of our pupils might say, particularly say in the holidays at the weekend, that they spent much of the day having a conversation on Twitter or via uh, an app with, uh, with one of their friends. It might seem a good idea to take one of those conversations and to put it into better shape um, with a, a more in-depth conversation, uh, something of value to them and to, to pick up on that, to, for them to pick up on that again and extend uh, their meaning 
yes. uh, and to go deeper with their meaning, which they're really not allowed to do in the space of 56 characters or 128 characters or however many that the particular uh, part of social media allows. Yes, absolutely. And I suppose what we value is, first of all, face-to-face conversation, um, conversation with a real person in a real room. That, that certainly comes first. Then beyond that, um, technology has its place. Clearly, we're recording this conversation here today. Um, but as you say, it's about the exploring depth and to going right back to the, the classical roots of the, of the word. This is about um, having time, having an opportunity to really dig deep um, and find the joy that comes from that. And that there is a, a real joy in, in, in good conversation um, that uh, is just waiting to be rediscovered. Okay. Great. Thank okay. you. Everybody. Thank you. Right. So, thank you very much, everybody, for for listening in. Uh, that was the first podcast in the Cedars Symposium. We hope you'll tune in again and uh, look at our website and have a listen to the various other conversations as they develop through time. Thank you. Thank you.